heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Racing with RSN's Racing Pulse. Matt Stewart with you this morning. Andrew Jones has been kind enough to join us. He's going through security at the airport and he's heading over to the Inferno of Perth for this little publicised Horse of the Year and uh, Hall of Fame function over there tonight. Uh, And he joins us not to talk about that, but to talk about what's going on with the VRC having a crack at Cranbourne's race date. How are you, Andrew? G'day, Matt. How are you? Yeah. yeah. Just on the the Horse of the Year and the the, the Hall of Fame, it's been discussed for many years now about the rotation and about the timing and about the lack of awareness. Uh, is that a, is that something that's been swirling around the table at RV as well about what's the right place and home for it? It seems to have fallen through the cracks again a little bit this year. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think it, it'll be a big event in Perth. Obviously, they've got the Pinnacles Carnival on at the moment, so uh, it's tied in with that. Um, I think it'll be the animo show, to be honest. I think it'll be a dollar one to win Horse of the Year, so maybe there's a little bit of a lack of suspense there as well but um uh it's really an ra event and uh it's probably um a little bit further down the batting order than some other things at ra at the moment yeah yeah absolutely what's going on with the vrc having a crack at cranbourne's uh date for the cranbourne cup we heard from neil bainbridge and peter moody had a uh his view on it and we can't quite work out whether this is a an rv initiative or a vrc uh idea Oh, there's nothing. There's nothing sinister going on. There's, uh, we've obviously got a big spring carnival to get through. Sorry, there's some background noise. I'm just at the airport um, uh, with the Cranbourne Cup this weekend, and then uh, and then into the Caulfield Spring Finale, and then the Ballarat Cup, and then uh, and uh, Jericho Cup as well um, in between the two. So um, once all that's done, then we go through a full review process, and we look a bit at uh, you know what, if anything, we can do to enhance the carnival, whether that be dates, whether that be uh, event support, whether that be um, any other innovations we can add. And, uh, and as part of that process, clubs um, submit and are invited to submit ideas. So it's, it's all part of that process and we're a long way from right. making any decisions. But why would the VRC submit for that date uh, unless they thought that date was available? Oh, because we ask clubs for ideas to um, to uh, make the carnival as good as it can be, and, and you know. But you don't think it's as good as it can be with the Cranbourne Cup on the standalone? No, no I didn't say that. I just no. say that you know the clubs are invited to make submissions. So um, the, there are no dates that are available in racing in the sense that we race pretty much every day. Um, and one of the challenges with having uh, dozens of clubs, it's hard to move dates around. But if you just take a a fan perspective and say what's the best structure for the spring carnival that's that's the question that we're trying to answer as an industry and that involves lots of considera- considerations including spreading races around um mixing across tracks running at good tracks etc cetera, etc cetera. so um it's a reasonably long and involved process and um and uh, any speculation is is very premature do you think that um, that Flemington racing on this date could potentially tick more boxes than Cranbourne racing on this date? I, no, I don't have an opinion. I, I haven't uh, haven't gone through the process yet and uh, and uh, we haven't looked at all the submissions and we haven't seen the results of this year. So um, we don't have all the facts and it's, uh, it's pointless to, to speculate. Right. Something that um, I was discussing with Neil yesterday, which is an interesting clarification, is the difference between 
wagering increases and returns to industry. And if you do the the sums on the, the outlay for the prize money for, say, Thousand Guineas Day or Champions Day at Flemington compared to the prize money contribution uh, for Cranbourne Cup Day, it sheds a slightly different light on the returns to industry bottom line of the comparison between those meetings. Is that Does that make sense to you as well? It does, yeah. Returns to industry is fundamentally a function of turnover. So um, the... We, in round numbers, we get about 3% of turnover on Victorian racing as uh, as revenue, and then that gets distributed through prize money. Now, it may or may not be distributed through prize money on that day. It may be distributed through prize money on other days, um, and that's how it works. So the higher the turnover, the higher the return to industry. But but do you also have to factor in the the uh, distribution of prize money at, at meeting A and A meeting B? So if there's ten million at one meeting distributed and one point seven at another, that's a loss, isn't it, compared to whatever the wagering is? Uh, well, it is, but a little known fact is in racing is most most of our racing loses money on a direct basis. So um, when clubs talk about whether somebody else, some other clubs' race meeting is profitable, they're on shaky ground because most race meetings are, are, are unprofitable on a standalone basis. Noting that um, a material portion of our revenue that we reinvest in prize money comes from the Tabcorp joint venture. Uh, the Big Tab joint venture and uh, and point of consumption tax. So we get a lot of revenue from other sources that aren't racing, and we um, effectively subsidise prize money uh, uh, at all tracks um, through that process. Andrew, I, I read on one website that it was heralded as a overwhelming success the standalone uh, the Caulfield meeting with the thousand guineas and the Sir Rupert Clark stakes. Uh, by what measure was it a success? Well, you've got turnover up. 20% in a market that's down 10, so that's a big tick. Um, you've got a crowd of between seven and 8,000 at Caulfield on a beautiful spring day, uh, so that's a, that's a tick. Um, and uh, really good racing, a really good 1,000 guineas in a prime time spot on a Saturday rather than uh, on a Wednesday afternoon when people are at work. And, um, and a, a, a good route for Clark and then a fantastic country cups final, which... Um, had a terrific winner and, and uh, will only grow from year to year as it gives uh, a through line for the 55 country cups that we, we run through the year. All right, fair enough. Hey, are you hearing much about Ascot on Saturday? We're going to have a chat to the Chief Steward a bit later on. It's getting towards line in the sand temperature, I would imagine, heading towards 40 uh, before you embark. Did you hear any rumblings about, I know they're going to put the races back, but uh, we, we're going to have a chat to the Chief Steward, so we'll clear it up. But have you heard much about whether it's in jeopardy? No, I'm Colonel Clink on this one. I'm, I know nothing. <laughs> okay. Uh, was that Colonel Clink or Sergeant Schultz? Uh, it could be Sergeant Schultz. Yeah, you might be right. No, My it was point. definitely Sergeant Schultz. Hey, uh, Andrew, thanks for your time. As always, you're always available, and we really appreciate that. And uh, enjoy the evening, and uh, enjoy the race day tomorrow. Oh, Saturday. Um, and looking forward to Cranbourne Cup. Exactly. Yeah. Right, take care, Matt. Exactly. Cheers. Good on you. Andrew Jones there.